Hello, Pulp Diction listeners. Hi. <laughs> and welcome to a very special podcast uh, where I have brought my girlfriend, hello. Ella, hello. Hello. on to discuss. You're going to have to say hello a little louder. Hi, I'm Ella. <laughs> on to discuss. Uh, a TV show we've been watching that I think is awesome, and even though it's like won a bunch of awards, it's not super on everyone's radar. Uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel. Mm-hmm. So similar to some other ones I've done, we'll like talk about why you should watch it, so it's applicable even if you haven't seen it, and then we will start talking about things actually about the show. Uh, so Ella, I think you were the one who recommended we watch this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when did you hear about it, and what like sold it to you? Well, we have this thing where we, like, watch pretty demented demented TV shows, so I think I was kind of on, on my radar as, like, a chill one, at least more chill. We would watch episodes, and he'd be like, okay, I think this is where someone's gonna die. I was like, I don't think this is the kind of TV show we're watching right now. So, I think I saw it when it won a bunch of awards um, two years ago, or last year or something, two award shows ago. They won a bunch of awards. And that's when I heard about it. But it's also Amazon Prime, which I don't think is as common a streaming that's true. thing um, for people to use, at least for, like, TV shows. That's true. Yeah, I think, um, so we had been watching uh, Handmaid's Tale and then True Detective, which is, like, a lot of, like, rape and murder, basically, which is, like, pretty, pretty upsetting. <laughs> so, yeah, this was kind of welcome. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, like... I had never heard of it until you brought it to my attention. I think, like, because the lead is a woman and, like, Mm -hmm. the second lead is a woman Mm -hmm. and it's about, like, a lot about, like, being a woman in 1950s New York City. Yeah. Um, It's, like, mostly talks about in women's circles. Like, Mm -hmm. if I just wake up and watch, like, my Netflix shows and watch sports on TV, I won't You're not going to come across it, it, no. (laughs) But, I mean, it's becoming so acclaimed that it's probably going to start even reaching people like me who don't run in circles with typically female shows and i think why it's going to do that is because it's it's like really funny Mm -hmm. um so it's a comedy and it's about um basically housewife uh in a jewish family in like what is it 40s 50s new york city like upper west side new york yeah mid 50s she's in like a very wealthy house and she's like always just been expected to like marry and have kids and be a stay-at-home mom and cook brisket and, and up until like the show starts to that's very much what she has it's like she's always kind of gone along with what's been expected and like been wanted wanted to be like a housewife and then wanted to have kids and wanted to like sort of go along with each thing that was expected of her and I think that that's kind of like a I don't know I don't think that's a common that's not necessarily a common thing anymore so it's like a weird window to kind of look into at least from my perspective but it's kind of interesting to see that that would be like what someone would strive to do, basically. Yeah, and she's, like... Like, basically, the first ten minutes of the show are just, like, her happy housewife life. Yeah. And basically, in the pilot, like, that life kind of dissolved. She's married with two kids. Although it's kind of hilarious that, like, the kids are, like, basically props in the show. Like, <laughs> she's, like... They're always, like, being watched by some, like, anonymous, like... It's just, like, assumed that they're being watched. Yeah. Like, they pop in and out to sort of, like say a line here and there for her to kiss the baby and then it's like oh yeah, they're like props she's going baby. out again and then she's like oh like where are my kids 
But basically, like, she kind of, that life dissolves, and she just, like, finds herself on stage at a comedy club and just, like, kills a set. And that's kind of the point of the show is her becoming this comedian. And, like, her bits are, like, legitimately, like, really funny. Mm -hmm. Like, the stand-up she does in the show is so funny. And, you know, even from that pilot, like, she kind of, it kind of crescendos with, like, her first stand-up bit. And it's not planned at all. And it's just, like, awesome. And you're just, like, laughing really hard. Um, And for me, that's the biggest drop is that, like, Mm -hmm. she's really funny. And she's funny not when she's on stage in the show, but, like, that's really funny. Um, I would also say that, like, we talked about this a little bit because you really like musicals. Mm-hmm. Like, the cinematography is really cool. Like, a, there's a lot of, like, long shots where, like, people kind of pop in, pop out, and, like, the camera pans, and there's mm-hmm. all these moving parts. Um, so it's, like, a really, like, I don't know, really, like, pretty shot movie. I think it's shot really well. I think the music does a lot for... Or TV show. Um, it's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the music does a lot for what you're watching, too. Um, just because I have not a lot of experience with the 50s in New York City in a wealthy family. Like, the fact that the characters are built the way they are and put in places the way they are and then shot the way they are with the music that's there. Like, it all comes together, I think, really cohesively in a way that, like, really makes you kind of feel like you can connect with it, even though I don't connect with her lifestyle at all. (laughs) Which I think is, like, cool. Which is really cool. And at the same time that she's, like, kind of, like, breaking bad, Mm -hmm. all of her, like, stand-up bits, they're not just, like, raunchy-ass jokes that a guy could tell. Like, Mm -hmm. they're uniquely about her life. Yeah. And they're still, like, super accessible for someone like me who didn't grow up in the 50s (laughs) and is not a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But yeah, like, it's just, like, really good comedy when you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say uh, there's, like, really good, like, rapport with the different characters. So there's, like, kind of a best friend manager character, uh, this woman, Susie, who's, like, like if Midge Maisel is kind of, like, the cult of domesticity, like, seems like the perfect woman mm-hmm. for this time, Susie's the opposite. Like, she came <laughs> up in, like, a really broken family. And she's not attractive, and she's brash and just mm-hmm. rude, and basically dresses like a paper boy. Yeah, <laughs> like, like she looks like she could, yeah, literally have been someone handing out newspapers in like the twenties, right before the Great Depression. <laughs> so they have a nice like uh, back and forth, and they're mm-hmm. both like funny and raunchy people, so it really works. And um, I also feel like the like setting is super sharp. Yeah. With, like, the apartment or just, like, New York City or, like, what do you mean? Like, the time and the location and, like, like, I, like, like, when I talk about True Detective, Mm -hmm. I'll, like, you can talk about, I think one of my cousins made this point, maybe my brother, but when you talk about, like, Louisiana and, like, season one of True Detective, you're, like, that's literally a character on the show. Right. Like, how, like, creepy and, like... Mm -hmm boggy that whole place is and you yeah. can feel the same way about new york city uh-huh like just like kind of the speed and the pace and like the expectations and the high culture yeah like that's all like a character on the show yeah absolutely um have you recommended the show to someone yet because i've been doing it to a bunch of people <laughs> and a bunch of like couples too yeah i mean i've talked to my 
my mom about it, but that's kind of it. <laughs> what did you tell her when you said you should watch this? I just think that, like, it's a cool, um, I just think it's cool that it's so accessible even when you don't necessarily identify as any of the characters, which is, like, kind of pretty impressive, I, I think, because I think you watch so many shows and you can see yourself in at least one of the characters and that's part of why you might enjoy it. There's not a lot about any of the characters that I look at and think, like, you know, like, that's something that's applicable in my life. But I still am, like, really drawn to the show and, like, feel attached to the characters. Like, every time you'd be like, okay, someone's gonna die. I was like, no, that can't happen. For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, who's your favorite, and then we can start getting into spoilers. Okay. Who's your favorite non-midge character? I knew you were going to ask me this, and I still couldn't think of one. I want you to go first, and I want to think. Okay. So, like, <laughs> basically, my favorite character is Lenny Bruce. Mm-hmm. Um, who's, like... So, as Midge kind of, like, gains, you know, some acclaim, or, like, that's kind of, like, the goal, she starts, like, meeting other comedians and like, kind of crossing paths with them. And there's this, like, super raunchy comedian, um, Lenny Bruce, who she comes across, like, a bunch of times during the show. And a lot of the other comedians are, like, combative with her, and she kind of gets into feuds with them, and, like, and like they'll go on stage, and they're really good with the writing in the show, yeah. because, like, when there's a character that goes on stage and does stand-up, and they're not Midge, like, they'll have, like, really, like, 1950s, like, guy bits that mm-hmm. are, like... <laughs> and, like, not funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the crowd's, like, kind of laughing. You're like, wow, this crowd sucks. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's 1950s. But it's, like, yeah, it's typical comedy for that. And then Midge goes on and is, like, raw and, like, real and, like, funnier. So they, like, write, like, other comedians to be slightly worse. Mm-hmm. But Lenny Bruce gets, like, good material. Like, yeah, he'll go he on stage and give, like, funny bits. Yeah. But it's also, it has nothing to do with Midge. Like, he's funny because he's funny. All yeah. these other people are going up there and they're, like, either making comments about the girl comedian that's going to come on after them or just like, oh, I told my wife to make me a sandwich and like all of that stuff. And you're literally like, okay, this is like, <laughs> this is just not like, funny. Yeah, like, I had soup the other day and it <laughs> fell in my lap. And it's like, ah! Yeah, everybody loses it. <laughs> and then Midge gets on stage and she's literally been kicked out of clubs because she like basically made jokes about the other comedians in the clubs. And that was not, you know, not acceptable because... These are men that, you know, have high status in all of these places, and this is this random crazy lady who's getting up on stage and, like, talking about them. Yeah. But Lenny Bruce doesn't, ha- he doesn't play any part in that, which is cool. No, yeah, he's, like, like he's always... just a friend of hers. Well, he's, like, her, like, mentor, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, he goes to bat for her. Um, there's a great bit in the pilot. I guess this is the first spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. There's a great bit in the pilot where, like, <laughs> he, like... So, like, she goes to jail after her first set, (laughs) and I think Susie bails her out, and that's how she becomes her manager, but then she also bails Lenny Bruce out, Mm -hmm. and then, like, later, Lenny Bruce bails her out because she gets thrown in jail again after her second set. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, um, But it's not, like, it, I didn't ever realize that that was a thing, which is, like, kind of cool, too, that, like, you're learning stuff about the way that society was set up at that point because literally comedians were thrown in jail for like jokes they would say like basically free speech was just not yeah for like upsetting yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's um yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
the uh, there's a nice like courtroom scene where they like really paint the justice system at mm-hmm. that time where mm-hmm. the judge is just like now you're a very pretty young woman and I'm happy to let this be a warning but you need to promise me like you'll right. go home and make brisket yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> it's uh yeah it's pretty good um all right so mine's Lenny Bruce yeah who's your favorite um, so I do think that Susie's definitely up there, but I kind of think of her as another lead. Like, I think... Yeah, you can pick a non-lead. Yeah. Um, so I, I have this really, like, mixed feelings relationship with her parents, because they really bother me, but I do think that they're, like, a driving force in her life and in, like, the story, too. Um, they're just, like, very stereotypical I think in like what I picture being a wealthy Jewish upper west side household in the 50s like it's very much exactly what you would expect with like this obsession with the status and like your how you look to other people and this like because Midge's life is falling apart basically her parents lives are falling apart vicariously through her Mm -hmm. and they just don't have the like (laughs) social skills or coping skills to like manage that and it kind of drives me crazy watching but I also like I think that it's really important if she had like this supporting family (laughs) the story wouldn't go the way it goes definitely they're like kind of like endearingly demented yeah like but also like really upsetting sometimes (laughs) like Abe's like like there's this great scene I think it's from like one of the first few episodes where like Midge's son Ethan her oldest kid four-year-old yeah like three or four-year-old yeah. whatever is like sitting right in front of like the old-timey tv um and abe wants to read not in his study but in the living room he's like ethan turn your show off and the kid just doesn't react he's like miriam which is i guess midge's actual name mm-hmm. miriam tell your son that i'm reading here and she's like i'm not gonna tell him that like he's gonna watch his show and then he's like rose tell your daughter to tell his son that yeah. i read here <laughs> And that just, just a great back and forth. And I think, I think what you said is really accurate. Like, they're kind of both, like, the circumstance around, like, or, like, basically the vibe that they all live in in the 50s and all the, Mm -hmm. in New York and all the fucked up shit about it. Right. Like, her parents are definitely victims of that, but they're also perpetrators of that. exactly. Like, like, Rose goes through a period where she's extremely unhappy and has to, like, bail to France and live, like, a way more, like, chill, like art-driven life just mm-hmm. to, like for her sanity yeah and abe like especially at the end of season two is like super unhappy with how his children are doing and his job um and, like, and he, he feels emasculated by the fact that he just like doesn't know anything about his kids lives and like doesn't have their like respect quote-unquote to like for them to disclose information to him but it's really just like him going crazy because he doesn't have control yeah. Which is, like, the societal construct of a patriarchal society, especially in the 50s, and a wealthy household. 100%. Which, like, we've also talked about, it doesn't, we're not really totally sure why they're so wealthy. Yeah. We like, don't know where their money comes Abe's from. Abe's, like, a professor. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, if you're a professor and you're pulling, like, a nice salary, and then they also pay for the apartment, like... That's true. You don't need, like, all your salary goes just to, like... Housekeeping. <laughs> yeah, they have a full-time I mean, they still blow a lot of money. Yeah. They were probably wealthy before. Yeah, it's but, the only um, thing that really makes sense. Yeah. Um, also, like, low-key, a really 
upsetting and funny character. So Midge's brother, uh, <laughs> I kind of like. It's like married this woman Astrid. 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 <laughs> We've also been watching The Office. Um, she's married this. She's married this Astrid. woman Astrid. And she's, like, a convert. And they're, like, really funny about, like, making fun of, like, Catholics on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, like, Midge and her husband, Joel, and her parents are all Jewish. And then, like, Joel's family is Jewish. And there's a lot of, like, Jewish people, basically. Yeah. Um, and, like, <laughs> Astrid's, like, this convert from Catholicism to Judaism. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, super invested in it <laughs> to, like, try and, like appease or like trying to like, like prove herself to the family yeah i would bet but like so like they're like at temple and she's like like rocking with like the rabbi and like very like scrupulously like following she's all the these, only like, one singing along with him like everyone else is just listening everyone and she's like, like eating nuts ah. and like oh my god like when is this over and they're just like asked her like less Gloria. catholicism <laughs> like you don't have to like be so intense and she's about such it. a minor character too she's been in like four episodes maybe but every time she comes on yeah. she's just like fasting for some, like, little-known, you know, worst yeah. day of Judaism and all this other stuff. It's it's a good, like, I don't know, because they make so much fun of, like, all religion, it's, like, a nice little, yeah. like, insert, I it's think. It's really funny, like, they have great side characters. Uh-huh. Like, even, like, so, like, Joel's, like, um, after he elopes with the first secretary, he gets a new secretary, Miss yeah. Moskowitz. yeah. And she's, like, this, like, really sweet old lady from Queens, but who's, like, a little raw. And she's so in the know. She's, like, so aware of Joel's, like, escapades like, post-Midge and, like, yeah. all this other stuff. And she's just, like, on it all the time. Like, she's got such... There's a lot of quick humor. It's, like, really yeah. intelligent people, basically, are writing this. And so the characters come off as, like, dumb sometimes, but also, like, really, I don't know, aware of the situation to make these comments back. Yeah, and like, like, like when um, Joel's like drinking all the champagne, and she's like, "I have to go, Archie. Will you watch him?" And it's just like, "And put a trash can by his bed." Yeah, <laughs> she knows he's gonna yak at some point. <laughs> um, it, there's also like another thing with the fifties, like a ton of just like drinking. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. People like, like you need to calm down. Like have another drink. <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of, like, high society parties and everything. Exactly. <laughs> um, what else was I going to ask? What do you think of Joel? I think he's a ho-hum. He reminds me of Eeyore from Pooh Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> you got to explain that one. He Joel just feels bad for himself constantly. Who, yeah. So he... Midge's perfect life falls apart. Perfect, quote-unquote. But falls apart it, yeah. because he like gets angry at her for <laughs> basically the trigger is she's supposed to pick him up to go to this club downtown because he wants to be a comic but it turns out he's not funny he's just been memorizing like famous comics bits and going on stage and like can perform them well enough but it's nothing actually good or his own um and he freaks out because she brings him a turtleneck that has holes in it and so it's, like, all very much, like, inconsequential stuff, but then he, like, flips out and reveals that he cheated on her with his super dumb secretary. Um, and from that point on, he's just kind of, like, back and forth, unsure, like, loved the security and, like, status that came with being married and having kids and, like, working at his uncle's company and making a lot of money and having this 
apartment that his parents Weirdly, like, ended up parents buying. Owned, yeah. yeah, it's very like fifties, like Big Brother. Like the mm-hmm. parents bought it for him because he got married. Right. Um, and so he goes back and forth from like missing that to being like, "Fuck it, like I want to have fun. I'm not married now." But then it's like, "I miss Midge, man." <laughs> And then, like, found out she was a comedian and was like, oh, like, I support you. And then, like, ended up at one of her shows and she was, like, talking about him in a very, like, honest but, like, put him in a bad light because he was putting himself in a bad light kind of way. And he was like, I could never be with you. And then they, like, hook up every now and then. I don't know. I just don't like him that much. I, my, my my opinions on him, the reason I asked you, like, flip wildly back Yeah, so that's definitely true. So, like... He is the driving force behind her becoming a comic. Mm-hmm. And that first set of hers, um, right after she, like, learns that he's She gets drunk her, and, like, runs yeah. out and ends up in this club. And, and ends up back about. at the Gaslight, which is, like, the most hilarious, like, dingy, run-down club. Where, like, but also a club I want to go to, basically. Yeah. It's, like, very, like, endearingly run-down. Yeah. But she goes there, and, like, all of her early materials about how, like... He left her for his secretary, and the secretary's dumb, and he's so stupid, and she's like, what's wrong with me? And, mm-hmm. like, that doesn't make it sound funny. It's actually hilarious, but... <laughs> she is better at um, delivery than so like, he, Yeah. <laughs> she also, like... <laughs> uh, but, like, so he's, like, obviously a huge turd. You're supposed to hate him. But then it comes, like, as the character develops, like, yeah. it's clear that, like, he loves Midge, which is endearing to him. Midge and he does, like, like he ends up... He cares, he cares for kids. her. He wants to see her, like happy and everything but sometimes I think he loses sight of it because like he's kind of like bumbling yeah I mean he's clearly struggling with the expectations put on him Mm -hmm. and he's struggling to reconcile like the fact that he loves Midge with the fact that she's not like how she's supposed to be right not exactly what he expected from a wife and like sometimes he can kind of rise above that and be really sweet Mm -hmm. but most of the time he's just like this giant turd and he hangs out with like his groups of friends like, Archie, and they're just, like, such classic, like, 50s turns. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's definitely, like, some, if you've watched Mad Men, like, it's the same time period, same location. Like, there's mm-hmm. definitely some, like, overlap with how the guys act. And what I notice, I think, especially about his behavior, is that when she's trying to, like, defend herself in some capacity, whether it be, you know, I don't even really know how old she is, but being unmarried at her age with kids, like, divorced... And wanting to be a comic, which, but they're like, just separated. They're not divorced. Yeah, that's true. So not divorced, but not with a husband, basically. Um, but her family has very recently found out that she's a comic. And um, when she's trying to defend herself to her parents or his parents or, like, an adult with, like, authority in their world, he comes in as, like, pretty clutch and, like, wants to defend her. But then when... They're just out in society with, like, friends or whatever. That's when he gets a little, like, bummish, I think. Yeah. He, like, doesn't have to defend her as much, in a sense. So he feels like he should defend himself. And that's when he's, like, Bleh. Yeah, I think the f- <laughs> he's so flawed. I think that really <laughs> comes out when he's not just, like, being nice to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, this, this show's good about making characters complicated. Like, even... Midge is like has some unlikable things she does yeah especially at the end of season two Mm -hmm. um and you know like I think that's one of the best things about the show is that it's not like the characters are complicated how you're supposed to feel about it is complicated and it's not like Midge like goes on this like 
complete revolution and becomes like this raw like feminist icon right. like she's still very much a participant in a lot of the same like she still gets talked to horribly at these clubs and will just concede because that's like the situation or she'll you know go through this obsession with trying to like plan another wedding yeah. or like other sort of things that very much fall within the realm of like acceptable female behavior in the 50s yeah. like she's still like from time to time like she used to, like, measure her, like, thighs and ankles, which was, like, her perfectly whole body. It was, like, all of them. It was so creepy. She'll still, like, measure it. She'll, like, she's really into shopping. She's, like, insisting on another expensive dress. Her parents were, like, second wedding. <laughs> um, and she's, like, I mean, she kind of neglects all other aspects of her life in pursuit of her stand-up career, which yeah. is, it but seems like it's kind of But also kind of wants deal. to be dependent. Like, she doesn't want to. She had this whole moment where she was freaking out because... Joel offered to buy her an apartment, and her thing was like, I don't know if I'm, like, I don't think I'm ready to be by myself, I'm not, like, yeah. I who can't be, yeah, toilet? who plunges the toilet and all this stuff, which, like, Susie's like nobody likes to plunge a toilet, <laughs> but, like, I don't know, it's just such a different thought process than I've ever had in my entire life, so yeah. it's so interesting, and, like, kind of frustrating for me to watch. I want to, like, whip her back into shape, but... Yeah, but that's not, like, I mean, she's... Like, that stuff, I, you know, I wouldn't hold it against her ethically. It's very much, like, a product of the environment, I think. It's just not an environment I'm at all yeah. used to. It's also, like, like her just, like, planning someone's baby shower and flaking on it. Or, like, oh, yeah. her, like, like... Freaking out a priest at a yeah, Catholic wedding. Like, <laughs> like, at the Catholic reception, like, just being super fucking vulgar and, like, ruining <laughs> the party and then exposing the fact that her friend was shotgun weddinging. It's, like... <laughs> Like, that's not, like, what nice people do. No. Know? She is really, really self-centered, I would say. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. And that's kind of where we leave her in season two, is it's, like, full turn of, like, I'm, like, she's about to get engaged to this dude, Benjamin, mm -hmm. who I still think could be gay, but is basically, like... he is. He's basically, like, like, he really likes her, but he really likes her the same way, like, They're he really likes They're kind of really good art. friends, yeah. Like, he sees her as, like, this perfect ideal, and, like, he likes that she's quirky, but also he's not, like, as rawly in love with her as Joel is. Mm -hmm. um, and she just basically comes to the conclusion at the end of season two, like, yeah, I don't want to marry anyone. I'm going to live alone. And then I'm going to hook up with Joel tonight, and then I'm yeah. going to go on the road for six months and flake on this wedding. Right. Yeah. I disagree with how she left things. And that was, like, the end of season two, so we have to wait now to figure out. But, like, what it seemed to me was it was a more of, like, her kind of freaking out and realizing, like, she was offered this gig to open for, like, a pretty famous musician. Shy Baldwin, who's a great Shy character. Baldwin. What a great I really like too. him, actually, yeah. He's, like, super inconsequential right now. Hopefully he plays... I hope she goes. He's kind of got, like, a, um... Oh, God, what's this guy's name? I don't know. I'm not going to be able to remember it. This is really okay. sad. I can picture the dude's face. Whatever. <laughs> He's like a, like a kind of Sinatra-y singer. Yeah. Like where he's kind of like singing, but it's more like talking a little bit. Crooning. Crooning. It's a crooner. Yeah. Um, but so he like invites her to open for him for six months, like three in the US, three in Europe, and she's like freaking out, doesn't really think about it, and is just like, yes, I want to go, and he's like, okay, we're going to have a great time. But this is another point where, like, her kids are props. Like, yeah. she didn't think about them. She didn't think about the fact that 
she had Benjamin asking her dad if he could marry her. She didn't think about, like, Joel, who is still a major player in his life, or her parents, who are, like, freaking out still that she's becoming this comedian. Um, and I think that she then goes to support Lenny Bruce at his, like, TV thing, and mm -hmm. he does this whole set about being alone, and that, like, really seems to resonate with her. I think it's more of, like, a freak-out thing, though. She's realizing she didn't think about anyone else, and, that, like, kind of feels bad about it, but also feels like if she disconnects from everything, she doesn't have to feel bad about it because she doesn't have to think about people anymore. But she has kids, so yeah. I don't get that. <laughs> That's not like a, a dichotomy. Yeah. Like, you want her to be, like, this free spirit right. and have all this, like new life and rebirth but also like she has an old life you she have like just two kids it. yeah and like, like whatever leaving joel leaving benjamin like I, I disagree with it but like it's possible people do that yeah i guess people do it with their kids too but <laughs> it's not like <laughs> joel's this available parent like no, ethan's gonna grow up suck. like a serial killer oh, yeah seriously um so this kind of segues nicely into season three <laughs> which is the last thing i kind of want to talk about with you so at at the very end Mm -hmm. Susie gets called into Sophie Lennon's house and Sophie's like Ooh, yeah, plays no. this like mm -hmm. she's like a really famous comedian and at one point it seems like she's gonna mentor Midge and she plays basically this character of like this like working class woman from Queens who's like kind of fat and in reality she's like very bone thin and yeah. like super bougie and wealthy it's also uh, I should remember the character's name she was on Glee um, that's the only reason. Oh, her name? Her. You mean the actress? The actress, yeah, not the character. That's true. Um, looking it up, looking it up, looking it up, looking it up. <laughs> Astrid. Name's, oh, there, there. Jane Lynch, who's, like, famous and, like, a pretty hilarious person in real life, but her character is this, like, horribly boring comedian who just says, like, put that on your plate. After put she's that on your plate. Thing. Yeah, she's, like, <laughs> such a bad comedian. Yeah, and, like, then is, you know, she invites people to her home, but, like, only Midge and only Susie. Um, and it's this, like, mansion with all these butlers, and she talks with, like, kind of a British accent, but mostly just, like, a bougie human's accent. And is like, no one thought I was, like, no one believed I could be a respectable actress, so, like, I'm, I became Sophie Lennon, and is literally just this, like, raunchy housewife from Queens. And, like... Yeah, she'll be like, I like, like, <laughs> like one TV dinner, I ate two. Yeah, <laughs> <and then everyone laughs> put that on like, your plate. Yeah, and people like that. But she's so not funny. Mm -hmm. And then, so like, in like one of the penultimate episodes, Susie, like, because Sophie, like, basically Sophie seems like she's going to mentor Midge. Midge exposes how, like, she's actually really wealthy and playing a character. But in the gaslight to, like, not that many people, but still people but find still in front out of about her, it. like, her manager. But not enough to bother anything that was happening to Sophie, basically. But basically it creates a war. And yes. then they're both supposed to appear on a TV segment, and Sophie, like, kind of fucks around with Midge. And Susie, who's very defensive of Midge, obviously, because that's her job, like, goes And into... she's, like, on top of it being her job, like, they are friends, even though yeah. they make jokes all the time about, like, not being friends. Like, she really does care about Midge. So it's, like... Not only is she defending her honor as, like, a manager, but also, like, this person's coming at her friend in, yeah. like, a rude and Also, Midge is, like, the only person who's ever cared about Susie. Yeah, Like, definitely. her family sucks ass. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's that hilarious guy at the gaslight who's just, like... <laughs> no, I don't remember his completely name. Completely mailing in, like, his shit. Yeah, but Benny he's, or something? he's funny. 
But anyway, she like goes into Sophie's dressing room and is like shitting on her. And Sophie starts laughing, and Susie's like, "Is something funny? You should put it in your act. It'll shock people. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, totally ripping on her. Um, And basically, she gets called to to Sophie's apartment in the last episode, and you think she's just going to, like, get threatened again because Sophie or her manager sent people to, like, rough up Susie. Like, they're on very bad terms. And Sophie's basically like, you know, everyone wants me to play this character. I want to do something different. I'm really inspired by how much you care about Midge. Like, I want you to manage me. And and then obviously at the same time, Midge gets the offer from Shy Baldwin to go to her. Mm-hmm. And that last moment of the episode before the last last moment where <laughs> uh, Midge goes and hooks up with Joel uh, is Midge telling Susie that she's going to go to her with Shy. They're very excited, and Susie decides not, not to tell to, Midge yeah. that she's going to manage Sophie. So I think in season three, there's going to be. They're gonna be really separated. Like Susie will probably stay in the states, and or like stay local to Sophie and really like work with her. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Midge can kind of. Well, that's what I was thinking. I don't like as amazing for Susie as it would be to travel. Like because it doesn't seem like that's something she probably would have been able to do otherwise. I don't think Midge needs a manager mm-hmm. because she already has six months worth worth of gigs like that's basically what Susie's been doing like supporting her when people were shitting on her and getting her gigs so if she already has them she doesn't need to go yeah I I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen because it seems like so Midge is going to tour and flake on Benjamin Susie's going to work with Sophie they're going to probably have a little bit of a falling out Mm -hmm. and then I think Midge's parents are going to be really fucked up about this because Abe is losing basically, basically both of his jobs. Yeah. And then it's going to like... That's a really big ...become counterculture, too. I think. Yeah. And he's like hiring a lawyer, so he's going to be doing some fuck, like some intense shit. And they're losing their apartment because he's leaving the job at Columbia where he's a professor yeah. and they pay for his apartment. And Rose, who like has this like kind of like French Francophile like high culture side but is also super into like the upper west side like... High she culture just kinda, side. Like, loses it every, like she just kind of goes yeah. crazy. Like I don't know what she's gonna do because, like Midge isn't gonna be around. Her Midge isn't gonna get married. It seems like which is gonna really fuck her up. Mm-hmm. So like her parents are gonna be in kind of turmoil. Susie's not gonna be there. She's not gonna be around her kids, even though it doesn't really seem like she cares. She's never around her kids anyway. <laughs> um, like <laughs> I'm interested to see what happens to Midge. I think she might get in a dark place, and you know from time to time in the show, like. Something will get fucked up and she'll just like bomb or something will go yeah. really poorly. And but she also doesn't bomb that much. Like No. Like she's a very good comedian. Yeah. But you also like you've watched her bomb and it's mm-hmm. like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, part of the show. Anyway, I'm just really ex- interested to see like how dark they take it with her. Yeah. I think she's definitely gonna have a couple rough patches in season three that are like pretty lows. I do wonder though, because if she's just separated from all of it. Like, what, she'll call home? Like, she can do that? That's kind of it? Like, I think if she doesn't have to think about it, I don't know how much it'll bother her until she's back integrated with it. It's true. I'll be interested to see how much time they spend on her traveling. Because they put two episodes, basically, um, where she was out of New York City in the Catskills with her family on vacation. Um, And a lot of stuff happened, but... It was in such a different setting. It was kind of set up differently. I wonder, like, how much time they're going to spend on her traveling and her 
separated from all these other major characters that we already know about. Honestly, I could see them just, like, starting season three after the six months. Right. And it's just, like, everything's in shambles. Chaos, yeah. And a lot of season three is, like, working forward and revealing what happened in the past. It's a good thought, yeah. I think that'd be interesting. Um, but I want to know from you. Because mm-hmm. this is important for season three. Sometimes shows, like, catch lightning in a bottle, and then it just evaporates. Yeah. Right? And if you look at, like... I think what a good example is. Well, True Detective is a bad example because the whole cast changed. But right. Like season one's incredible. Season two is like meh. So I I don't know if you ever watched Orange is the New Black, but I was really into season one, and then and then it kind of fell so off. So on, I just kept lo- and they've done a bunch of seasons, but it's just been like I haven't finished because I just got less and less invested. Yeah. So what I'm wondering is, I have two questions. Mm. One, did you think season two was better, the same, or worse than season one? And two, do you think they can keep up a very high level of TV in season three and onward? I think... I do think that season one and two were the same, personally. I was, like, I almost didn't, because of the way we watch TV, too, like, we just kind of, like, (laughs) the way we watch TV and the way that, like, Netflix and Amazon Prime have allowed us to watch TV, we just, like, go straight through. So I, a lot of times, like, won't even notice a shift in seasons unless I'm like really super aware of it um so I I was just as invested in season two as I was season one um and I'm hopeful that they can they can keep it I do think that like the characters they've created are really really strong like they do have some pretty famous actors and like good actors and actresses I mean Mitch's character has, or not character, the actress playing Mitch, whose name I actually don't know. She's won, like, so much stuff. We have the Yeah, MDA I think they, they won, like, back-to-back things. Rachel Brosnahan. Um, yes. But, like, Tony Shaluba, I've known his name, like, my Shalhoub. entire life. It's Shaloub, I think. It's Shaloub? I think. Okay. But I've known his name. Like, I've, I've recognized him immediately. Like, yeah, they do monk. have people, um... <laughs> who are, like, really, really well-known. He Yeah, he's Monk. He was on Broadway for a while. Like, he does a bunch of stuff. He's a, a respected actor. Um, I think the way that they've built the cast and the characters, like, the writing, um, they totally could. I would be surprised if they went more than, like, four seasons, though. Yeah, I'm on the same boat as you, I think, and maybe a little more pessimistic about the future. <laughs> so I think... I thought it took a couple episodes to hit full steam, mm-hmm. even though my favorite set of midges is in the first season, <laughs> um, or in the first episode. episode. yeah. But once it hit that level, I thought it was just as good, if not better, all the way through season two. Mm-hmm. And what I'm worried about is just, like, like, a lot of the energy in the show comes with Midge getting famous, and she it feels like she's kind of on the cusp of being, like, worldwide. Yeah. And... What I think, and I kind of agree with you about, is that they could have another excellent season or two of TV, but I don't know where it goes from there. Right. Like, I think... That's true, yeah. If you told me there were only four seasons, I I would believe they're going to have four excellent seasons, because there's a lot of depth there and a lot to write about, but at the mm-hmm. same time, like, this could be a thing where, like, Midge gets super famous and then not famous, and then you're like, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> like, like, yeah, they might lose me at that point, but... At the same time, like, there's so many interesting things they could do, and there's so much meat on the bone, like, they could And I also really think stuff. they've done a really good job of 
the way that time passes in the episodes, like, it works out pretty well. It can either take, like, they can do one episode and have it be a day in one of, you know, in Midge's life, or they can do an episode and have it be an entire month, like, yeah. of them up in the Catskills. So, I do think uh, that... the Catskills are demented. Oh my god. They, like, Ugh. have, like, a summer vacation. And we're all for, like, for summer camp. <laughs> like, no argument there, It's, like, but bougie Upper West Side, Family like, summer camp. Like, it's like, family summer camp. It's upsetting. Yeah. They've got, like, yeah, it's just a lot to process. There's, like, it's just, like, <laughs> there's, like, a weird obsession with tomato juice, and they all have, like, they have, like, people who, like, kind of run activities, and they're, like, very involved, but also everyone's an adult. Yeah. Ugh. It's and they just make like them play, creepy. like, Simon Says, like. They don't make them. No, they, wants to. they offer they, like, organize it, and people it. play Simon Says, and all this other. It's just, like. Very, very strange, and at least when I think of like what holds an adult's attention these days, it's not that. But people are really invested. Mitch's family's been going for like twenty-seven years or something. Yeah, it's like demented. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was kind of everything I wanted to talk about. Anything else you want to say about Marvelous Miss Maisel? Not really. No, I'm. I have no idea when the next season comes out, but I'm very ready for that. Me too. Um, no, I think it, I do really think that it was a wonderful digression away from the shows that we usually watch, um, in that it's, like, actually funny. And, like, stand-up itself can be, like, pretty hit or miss. Like, a well-known stand-up comedian can do, like, a Netflix um, special or whatever and have you, like, crying or, like, it's not funny yeah. at all. And I do, like, this is a show that I'm, like, actually laughing at, which the only other show that has, like, actually done that is The Office, which is a very <laughs> different kind of comedy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I don't know. I would very much... I think you're right. It's something that has definitely talked about or, like, more well-known in, like, just among women. Um, but I think people can enjoy it regardless. I think it's just funny. Yeah, I mean, regardless. so I was, I was pitching the show to my cousin Kevin, and I was basically like, look, like, like, watch the pilot. I think her stand-up's really funny. Mm-hmm. If you watch that stand-up set she does and don't find it funny, like, don't watch. Because yeah. you won't find anything in this show funny. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's how funny this show can be. Um, I think that's a good one to to use as, like, a... I don't even know the right word. But, like, to kind of, like, gauge what you will think of the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. All right, your first podcast. <laughs> What a blast. <laughs> what a blast. All right. Thank you, listeners. Uh, I know it's been a very long time, so thanks for bearing with me. Allegedly, I'll do some NBA podcasts soon or some other stuff, but who knows? We'll also uh, watch some more TV and get back to you. Yes, that will be a repeat guest. <laughs> Maybe if we watch a show that's not about rape or murder, we can talk. I'm on board with that. Or, I've been saying for a while I want to do a True Detective podcast. I would do that. You can do it. You can give us some new perspectives because otherwise it would just be like me, Nick, Danny, <laughs> like Brandon, Ben, Kevin, and Sean. I'm like, oh, like, this is sick. <laughs> can we do it with all of them and then I can be there too? An eight person <laughs> this podcast. This would be so fun. Everyone can say like two things. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. That's it. Thank you guys. Take care. Bye.